Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 99% where the real gains are made. I'm here with Marilyn today. Hey, guys. And you got to bear with me. I am getting over a, a cold I seem to have picked up in Sacramento where I got to go hang out there for the weekend. Great place to visit. If you guys are ever interested, I recommend the drive up and back. Um, but I do apologize about my voice. Fun to just drive there and turn around and drive home. Yeah, I mean, if you guys haven't spent a lot of time on the five, there's really some scenery there, like Bakersfield. It's uh, it's great. Check it out. I used to do horse shows in Bakersfield. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god. I just thought about the movie McFarland for like five hours straight because there was nothing going on there. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> that is not what we're talking about today, though. Today we are talking about being a successful coach. And this could be extrapolated to like any business owner, being a competitor, being a leader, being an athlete, kind of being at the top of your game in, in any area of life, I would say. Um, and this, this came from a, a talk that you gave, right? Yeah. I, um, I put a little workshop together. And so I put this actual, you know, step-by-step -step little program together to help people with this and help guide them through it. So if they're, you know, starting a coaching business or just looking for, you know, how do I even get started with this stuff? And, um, so yeah, I, I created this for a little workshop at a, at a summit that I did. Awesome. Um, I feel like this is a, a process that I went through kind of after I already started my coaching company where I, you know, was an athlete, was a coach, and then kind of had that moment where I was like, well, how, how do I want to be a coach or how do I see myself? And I was, I was lucky enough to kind of check some of the boxes we're going to talk about with having, having a team around me. One of my, you, I guess you call business mentors is Craig Smith, the, the PT in town that I work with, but he's also has his hand in a few different businesses. And he was nice enough to kind of guide me through some of the process of like, basically deciding who I wanted to be as a coach. And it was kind of a question I never really asked myself. So yeah, I'm excited to run through some of the topics um, and kind of pick your brain a little bit about the process you went through. Cause I do find this, this process of, of going from being a business owner to saying, okay, now I want to level up and I want to actually be successful at this and hear about yeah, how you went through the process and uh, and maybe some advice we have for people that are getting started with their coaching or, you know, trying to be at the top of their game in any level. But I'd say our main focus is probably going to be coaches, eh? Yeah, I think, you know, um, it's uh, it's really a nice transition for people to go from being an athlete and they figure out that they love the sport and then they put themselves in a position where maybe they want to give back to the sport. Right. And they think, and the, and the best way to give back to the sport is to help other people and to coach them. Right. And so they decide this, they think, okay, I've been at this a while, or I have some great things to offer other people, or maybe they find themselves in a position where they're, they're the one that a lot of people are constantly asking them questions. So they think, okay, well, you know, this, this is clearly something that I'm interested in doing. And, and maybe even people are pushing me in that direction and they might not really know where to get started. It's really easy to just start coaching and not have like a clear vision of what that means to you and what it looks like. And especially for really young coaches out there who haven't done it very long. And, um, I think, 
you know, having some guidelines to figure out how it is you want to inspire, teach, um, you know, help people and what it is that you have to offer. There's, there's a really specific process you can go through to, so that people get the most out of you and you get the most out of what it is that you've chosen to do when, by, by taking this up. Yeah, I think there are two routes you can go now, right? You can either join that app where people can pay to ask you questions. That's that's new right now. Have you seen right, this? I saw that. <laughs> it's pretty hot at the moment. Um, or you can become a coach and disperse your knowledge that way. Um, so if you're not on the app and you're not answering questions to people that way and you do want to go into coaching, um, the first thing you kind of started out your presentation with is you just wrote down, know yourself. And I think that is... Uh, that's a good thing to really think about is like almost doing a SWOT analysis on yourself and then taking that next step and saying kind of like, what do you want to be? I know how I am and I know how I want to be. And there's, there's, there's a small gap there. And, and so, you know, like, what can you do to kind of say, well, this is who I am now. And this is who I want, who I want to be as a coach. And, um, so yeah, I, I guess, did you go through a process like that where you, you know, you were an athlete obviously for a long time and then became a coach. Did, did who you were then and then who you wanted to be, were they different? And did you have to bridge a gap there or more you- that, that know yourself came from the reason I started the presentation with that was it's really easy when you get into coaching to, you know, there's so much information out there and it's really easy to stumble on what your style might be or what information it is that you're trying to put out there. Right. And so I think when I say like, know yourself, it's, it might start out as knowing yourself as an athlete. Like, what are my strengths? What am I good at? What do I know? What do, what is my style? What's my communication style? What's my leadership style? How do I, what do I do when, you know, in those positions and when people come to me? And I think if you really know how you do that really well, what your style is and where your strengths are, then, and where your interests lie, that's going to help you not only attract the right athletes, but really be able to teach what it is you have to offer really well. That's what makes each each coach unique. Like there's a lot of coaches out there. And if we were all exactly the same, then, you know, it would just, it wouldn't be, there wouldn't, it just wouldn't be a great industry. Right. So we, the fact that we're all a little bit different and we all have different strengths and we all have different styles, communication styles, teaching styles, um, what interests us most, how we develop athletes. And I think it starts with knowing how you, if it starts out with you as an athlete or as a person, if you know where your strengths are and then bridging that gap to, yeah, you're going to evolve and change and grow and develop. Maybe you have a mentor out there or you have someone that you, a vision of what it is that you would like to see yourself as in this role. And, and you're, you're developing your style and your communication skills and your strengths and, and into more and more of a refined and more educated and even a better version of that. But I think it starts with really knowing how you want to do this, you know, because it's really easy to get wrapped up in everybody else, what they're doing out there. And then maybe you're trying to, you know, mimic them or, um, you know, you get a little bit lost in the, in, and, and the true value and what you have to offer gets lost in that. And if you, if you don't find this group, this grounded, rooted 
um, knowledge of yourself when you first get started. So going back to that style, like how did you find your style? Was it, or who, how influenced, how was your style influenced to, to be where it is now? If that's an actual question. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I think like being influenced, certainly, you know, I was coaching for a long time before I coached endurance sports. I was coaching as a, a, a in show jumping. I literally started teaching day camp kids when I was about 12 years old. And then I was, you know, a high level coach in that sport by the time I was in my mid 20s. So I already had a pretty defined style of coaching in that sport. And then as I came up as an athlete in endurance sports, I already, I already felt pretty grounded on how I like to teach and how I like to coach. And of course, then I had my mentors in triathlon that the ones that I respected and I felt like I learned really well from, or I saw a lot of different athletes respond well to them. And I thought, Hey, that's a really great way to get your message across and bring out the better in people and help them change. Cause to me, one of the most important things we do as coaches is help guide people to be the best that they can be, but help facilitate change, right? That's why we're here. Someone maybe is doing something, they either want to learn something new or they're already doing something and they're looking for a way to change to be better. And so the mentors and coaches I had, I liked how they did that, you know, and I saw great results from that and it, and it sat well with me. And, and so I hung on to those, even though I had my own style already established as a coach, and then I knew who I was as an athlete, certainly their style influenced me when I was drawn to it, or I even saw how successful it was over and over again. And I thought, you know, that's, that's something to really pay attention to. And then of course I've had all kinds of mentors over the years. I feel like almost every year I reach out to a new type of mentor or someone to guide me or someone to push me or learn something new. And I, and I take a little something away from each of them. So. So even though you had a style that was kind of developed at at a really young age, I'd say for most coaches or any coach, um, it's definitely evolved over time by, or it is constantly evolving over time by the different information you're kind of always processing. Exactly. And and it always starts with some kind of mentor. I mean, when I started as a, as a young kid coaching little kids, obviously I had a, you know, a level five coach that was teaching me how to do that. And I went through all the coaching levels and show jumping. And so they teach you. And then I think the other important part of for coaches to learn is that your athletes will also teach you. If you are getting really good responses over and over again, and you're getting your message across well, and people are getting better and they're changing and you see them, you know, evolving as a person and as an athlete, then what you're doing is working. And as long as it sits well with you, you don't feel like you're fine. You know, you're always sort of in struggling to get a person to where you see them, like, you know, they can get there. And you're, if you're constantly struggling with that, maybe your style, you can, you can sort of look to new tools, new communication tools, new ways to guide someone, that kind of thing. But if you're finding that the way that you're doing that is working and it's working with a variety of different types of athletes and variety of different levels as well, you know, then, and that's another thing is I like to choose athletes of all abilities and with all different types of goals, because the true indication of your success of your style is that all of them get better, you know, because you take, if you take a racehorse that is an absolute champion on their own and you do that once, then, I mean, almost anybody can do that. Right. And so as long as, well, not anybody, I mean, you can get in their way and screw them (laughs) up, but, but yeah, but you know what I mean? So, but if you can take 
a variety of different personality types and athletic goals and athletic levels and constantly create a good outcome, then you're, you're starting to get to a point where, you know, your style and your communication and, and what you're doing and is, is working. And you're also attracting the right people to you for your style. Yeah. Can I, can I piggyback on that a little bit? Yeah. And, and talking about like athletes influencing how you're coaching. I think that, you know, every cycle I go through with my athletes, I, I learn from them and even just asking for their feedback of what worked, what didn't, like, what didn't they understand? And I feel like sometimes, you know, after a race or at the end of the season, athletes can almost give you a clearer picture of what they maybe didn't understand than they can in the moment where maybe in the moment they think they understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. But then they go back to reflect and like, well, you know, there were some misses here in, in, in how I was communicating something. And, you know, we can kind of come back around and say, and talk about that. And, and I think just, I mean, just like when I was a teacher and you kind of get those feedback forms, um, I, um, I've learned a lot from the mistakes I've made with athletes that way. And I mean, also the successes as well, but I feel like, you know, the mistakes tend to sit with you a little bit longer, okay. uh, but it, it is good to, to replicate what goes well though. But yeah, I think that you can really learn a lot from your athletes and, and like you were talking about athletes of different backgrounds and abilities and and once you like, let's say, you know how to work with a certain type of athlete, that's a great starting point, And maybe that's where you start, but you can kind of see once you get athletes on the fringes of that say, okay, well, does this still work? And you can kind of like work your way into like, I I'm sure now you have athletes of all abilities, probably racing all different things at a really wide level. And that's okay because you've had a lot of experience and you've done this for a while and you've worked with a variety of athletes and you know, what might work well with different groups but starting out, maybe even starting out super small and saying, I'm, I'm really good at this. And I know a lot about this. And then, yeah, kind of building up your knowledge base over time by dealing with different athletes and getting feedback from them and seeing if your style still works as you try it with like different, different types of athletes almost. Yeah. And I think that it's important for people to understand what their leadership style is. You know, some people really like to dictate and say like, this is exactly how this is going to go. You're going to do exactly as I say, um, you know, and other people like to lead by example. There's also combinations and different way, you know, varieties of way to blend those things together. Um, you know, you, you want to decide, sit, sort of sit down with pen and paper and figure out what is, what is your leadership style? You know, how do you, when you try and get people to, to, to buy into what it is that you're trying to teach in what way do you feel most comfortable leading them? You know what I mean? So it's like, for me, I'm not going to be the type of person that's going to just say, this is my way or the highway. I'm very athlete driven. I'm very, it's a, it's a communication. It's a relationship. Let's figure out what's going to work the best for you. And let's get the most out of you. And we're going to put two minds together. And if I believe in something, I'm going to tell you why. And if you, you know, if I see something in you, I'm going to be really honest with you about why I see that and what my experience has been. And we're going to have a conversation about that. And then I'm going to have really, really high expectations of people. That's, that's my style. I expect a lot from them and I expect a lot from myself in return as a coach, you know, and then to, so to me, it's athlete driven, but it's a team working towards a common goal. And I'm 
as responsible for that goal as they are. And I, and we both have high expectations from one another. And I knew that that was really important to me as a coach and it always has been really important to me. And so for me that, you know, real, this is my way or the highway doesn't really work for me. And I, and I know that obviously there's certain things that are my deal breakers with people, but as far as, you know, my actual style, I knew that that sat well with me and it's, and it's worked well with me. And that's the type of athletes I end up attracting, you know, and then because I attract those athletes and I know I'm, that's my style, then they do really well because we communicate well together and I can really get the most out of them. Yeah. I think I'm unfortunately similar to you in that regard in that I, um, I do like to have that feedback. And I think, you know, athletes probably know themselves better than I know them. So listening to them, I mean, there are small exceptions to that, but uh, listening to them and getting some feedback and really like, like you're talking about working on it together is, um, is something I really thrive on with my athletes. I just started coaching, you know, this kid's team and they just do whatever I say and they never ask questions. And it's almost, it's almost weird. It's like, I give them a workout and they just do it. And they're like, what's next? I'm like, can we like talk about this? And they're just like, Oh, we just do it. Like yeah, that is the difference between you, you can't, like between kids and adults, right? Obviously right. with kids, it's going to be a different style. And that's, I mean, that's important to note as well as like different, um, you know, yeah, different ages, you're definitely and different experience levels in the sport as well. Obviously if someone's brand new in the sport, it's not going to be as much of a conversation or if, yeah, they're a group of kids, it's definitely not going to be a conversation, but if they're, you know, a mature adult or they're pretty well-established in the sport, then that looks pretty different. Yeah, no, but I was, I was, I was kind of shocked at first. I was like, well, do, do you guys agree with this? I just like explained it. Does that sound good? And they're just like, what do you mean? Does that sound good? We're just, we're going to jump in the pool now. You just, <laughs> you just do what you tell us. Dude. Like, oh, okay. Well, I guess if you have questions, you can ask them, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a very different experience for me because I'm used to like, you know, a little bit more back and forth here and they're just like a close their eyes and go. Like, can I just say anything right now? It's very confusing for me. Yes. Yes. Uh, awesome. Um, another thing you talked about is kind of talking about what, what defines you as a coach or to kind of flip it. If someone else is talking about you, what words would they use to define you as a coach? And, and yeah, I think that's really important to kind of establish how you want to be seen, how you want to present yourself, how you want people to describe you and, and how you want to be known. And, um, I think that's a very, that can be a hard thing to really nail down. Did you, did you like sit down when you were starting out and as a, as a young coach or as a young coach in endurance sport and decide kind of how you wanted to be, or did that kind of just say, well, this is kind of how I am. And then it kind of just rolled naturally. Yeah, I think it evolved over time, right? I think once I was a, you know, when I was a young coach, I don't think I really knew I was just following my mentor's lead. And then as I became more mature as a coach and developed, you know, all of these things, that's why I went back and looked at what are, what were the steps I actually really went through over, you know, I've been coaching for a couple of decades now, but early on, what was it, what actually happened and, and how can we organize our thoughts in a way that will help us, you know, help young coaches do this process a lot sooner than I did, right, is, is what is the message that you want to put out there, especially now, you know, if you're writing in articles, you're being interviewed on podcasts, if you're, you know, standing in front of people and talking in front of large groups, social media, what is that message that you want to put out there about yourself? And then if anyone was going to bring your name up in a conversation and talk about you as a coach, 
they would have a very clear idea of, of who you are as a coach and what that means. And I think for some coaches that just happens over time because they've of the athletes they produce and the reputation they have, or it could be something that you clearly just define about yourself early on. And, and it's a very organized, this is the message I want to continually put out there that's in line with everything that I do, you know, with every message I put out there about my myself as a coach, as a person, as a brand, whatever your whatever position of leadership that you're in. Awesome. So you, I guess you don't think that's necessarily something you need to define at a young age, young coaching age, but something you can kind of evolve as your style evolves over time? Yeah, I think it's just, I think what you're wanting to define is what is the message that you hope to put out there. And I think when you know that, what your message is, and you're clear across all your platforms on what your message is, then that definition will evolve over time as, you, as you're around for a little while as a coach. Another question you kind of have in here is, is the why. And I think that's, that's really important. That I think it kind of can roll into what your message is, 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 why do you want to be a coach? What is motivating you to, to want to pursue this career? And that can almost, I mean, that can almost in turn, like be your message, right? Like, um, yeah, I used to say like, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with a lot of people and a lot of things that are important to a lot of people, you're being hired to do something that's really important to a lot of people. And so sometimes it's going to be really fun and easy. And sometimes it's going to be really hard and it's going to be really challenging. And you have like a lot of ongoing relationships with a lot of different personalities. And so just like when we race or we train, or if you're developing a business or whatever it is, you're going to have those days where it's like, this is really hard. And so having that clear idea of like waking up every day, like, why do I want to do this? And why am I excited to do this? Right. It's like anything. It's like, we say that even define that with our, with our sporting careers is when it gets tough out there on the race course, we better really know why we want to do this. Or if it was just to, you know, to plunk out a result, then, then possibly that's not going to be deep enough for when it gets really hard. So really understanding why you want to do this is going to help you through the hard times. I think that's sort of the, like always, message across people's whys, but I think with coaching, it became, it was like a really clear list for me. I was like, I want to be able to help people. And it didn't mean just like help people win races or help people be faster. Yes, those are important, but it was, I want to be able to help people get better. You know, I wanted, I wanted, and I mostly wanted to also help help people change in ways that they thought maybe weren't possible. So also facilitating belief in themselves. That was important to me. And so that helped me when it got really, really, or and still does helps me when it gets really hard with athletes is to know that my purpose and the reason I choose to do this as a profession is genuinely in my heart. I want to see people do really well and I want to help facilitate change. And I want to, you know, bring out the best in them and help them do things that they never thought possible for them. And I think if I can do that, whether it's winning a race at a pro level or it's, you know, running a mile continuously for the first time, or it's successfully changing a bad habit that they've had for the last 10 years, then I feel really, really excited and accomplished across all of those exactly the same. And so, you know, I think for some coaches, if they're like, I, if I have 10 athletes that win Ironmans, then I'm a great coach. And it's like, for me, that, that, I think that would be amazing. And those are great results. However, it's not why I wake up every morning and do and, and coach athletes. Awesome. Yeah. And I think, I think it should be hard, right? Like it, you should be 
taking this pretty seriously as a profession. Like a lot of people are putting in a crazy amount of time that they're investing in this sport. And, and I, yeah, I, I think it should be something that is not taken lightly. I, I had a conversation riding the other day with a buddy who's like, we were talking about coaching and how, you know, it might not be that hard, but then we started talking about the ins and the outs of how basically we're in control of people's lives and their hopes and dreams are kind of riding on us doing a good job. So, so yeah, like I think it, it should be hard and it, we sh- it should be taken really seriously and that, but that's what makes it great. Right. It's like yeah. when you, when you are invested in it and, um, so yeah, I don't know. Just wanted to. Yeah. Oh, totally. There. I mean, some of my happiest days are when someone is like so excited that they achieve something that they never thought they could. That they're just like they're so excited you can see it in them, you know. And yeah, yeah. And they're so happy. And I take it really to heart when people, the the people that I care about, that I coach, they're they're not if they don't if they don't achieve the goals that we're setting out to do. I take it to heart. I'm like, I need to figure out what I did wrong and what I need to do better to make sure that this happens, you know? And, and so right. it's not like, you know, and that's when I say we, we, we come together and they talk and I, and, and they tell me everything that happened and I talk through and we look through the plan and we dig through the barrel and figure out what happened and make sure that we get there the next time, because it does, it's, I don't, I look at that and take it pretty seriously. It's like, okay, we're both investing a lot of time and energy here. So let's make sure that we get there. How do you determine the personality traits that are going to work well with you as a coach? Yeah, you know what's funny is I actually so I did do this at the very early stages of my coaching career. I had um, a friend who was in the industry where he I didn't know at the time what he was doing, but he was like, I'm going to sit down with you over a period of three days and I'm going to ask you hundreds of questions. <laughs> like, yeah, it was. He was like, this is going to be pretty invasive. It's going to get personal. Like, I'm going to ask you lots and lots of questions over the next few days. And I was like, okay. And so he's asking me all these and some of them were really random. Like, you know, do you keep your car messy or clean? Like just really random stuff. Some of them were really personal. Some of them were really organized. And he kept this ongoing list and he said, okay, I'm going to come back at you with a list of 20 questions and then we're going to narrow it down to top 10 questions. And he's like, then this is going to be your list of questions that you send new athletes that you're interviewing. And the way that they answer those questions is going to trigger a response in you on how you feel. And that's going to help you determine whether you're a good match or not, because how they actually ask the answer, these random questions or these very, you know, specific athletic questions, it may, it makes me understand, you know, how we're going to be able to communicate what type of person they are and the way that they answer those, what feelings it brings up inside of me. And I'll know if I'm going to be able to communicate well with them knowing myself. And so that actually was a really interesting process. I think it's like based off really similar questions and anger um, algorithms as like dating apps, almost like they ask all these different questions. And then they're like, this is your match kind of thing. It was a similar, I think it's like a similar type of process, but I didn't, it was so long ago. I mean, we're talking like 17 years ago or something like that. It was a, but they, he created this for companies and, and, um, and we did that a long time ago and I still use it to this day. Do you remember any of the random questions you like to use off the top of your head or that? (laughs) Yeah. One of them was like, if you show up for something, are you always early, late, or just on time or something like that? And another one, I think one of them was like, you know, 
do you keep your house or car like clean or messy or something like that? And I'm, and I even say when athletes look at the questions I send them, I'm like, some of these will be really random, but trust me, it's going to help me coach you better. <laughs> so, yeah. Is there a pre-child and post-child box for these questions? Because I think I would answer them different ways. <laughs> right. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do you have anything like that? Do you have anything that you like have done with that process to figure out like what athletes will drive with you? Or is it something that you just can figure out through their interview? Or obviously when you have a conversation with people on the phone, like that's the first step I do with people. And then we have a phone conversation. You get to know them more and more. And the more experience you have, you know, which ones are going to work with you and which ones aren't. But do you have like a specific process like that as well, Jesse? You know, I don't have a specific process. I have like a list of questions I like to run through with athletes when I'm chatting with them on the phone or in person, if we can make that happen. Um, and I think it's, it's almost like the way they answer some of the questions, not just their straight up answer to the questions and how that conversation flows, which helps give me a good idea. Um, yeah. and that's, that's been kind of my, my baseline thus far. And then I do, I do send them a list of questions to kind of fill out after that, which gives me a little more background that I kind of can use that pairing with the, the conversation that we had to kind of come back. And usually, usually we have like a couple of conversations over a few days to come back around. And then I can ask them a few more questions. They can ask me a few more questions and see if, see if we're kind of thinking the same things in, in the, in the same headspace. And yeah. So yeah, no, no specific questions like that, but I might start throwing in some random ones. Like, you know, if their house is clean and just, just see how they respond. It's always fun to <laughs> no, like, catch why? people. Why does it matter? Are you going to coach me to clean my house? <laughs> well, if I randomly drop by, like what kind of food do you keep in your refrigerator? I just, yeah. I need to know these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Another point you, you mentioned in your, in your article is, is the team you have around you and did you start out with a team or is that something you well, I mean, I know it's grown over time, but when you first started, did you already have like a team in place and were they already there helping you? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm so thankful and so fortunate that I had a phenomenal team around me that of, you know, people who I could learn off of. And they even like sort of took me by the hand and said, this is what you're going to do, or this is what we see in you that would be really great. And so, and they supported me and they gave me, they gave me the, you know, the means to be able to even continue to grow. And they pushed me when I was scared and, and all of those kinds of things. And to, to this day, that group of people are really, really good friends of mine. I mean, one of them was a top physiologist. One of them was a really top business owner. And they were all great athletes. Other ones were great, you know, great athletes and, and coaches themselves. And so, you know, even, like I say, to this day, that group of people are, are, you know, great friends of mine and even people I would call like my outer family because of that. And they, and they're still for me, still here for me this day, to this day, you know, I coach with endurance corner for 12 years and, um, and when it was time to, for Endurance Corner to close its doors and move on, they all got behind me and even helped me have the confidence and whatever support I needed to make sure the MCC would get off the ground and be successful. And they're still there for me to this day. I know I can reach out to any one of them at any time and they will help me. But, you know, back then they, they, they supported me in every way, financially, um, as, and even 
you know, pushing me to things that I didn't believe I could do myself and teaching me all the ins and outs and giving me opportunities and exposure and, and all kinds of things. So I realized that that's not necessary. That's not an option for everyone. And I feel so lucky that I had that. And, um, and that's why I continue to this day to like to link myself with peers and friends that I really look up to, you know, that's why, you know, even what we do here, right. It's like a group of people that I look up to and that I really value their opinion and we can continue to get better and better at our job. And that's something that I think in the coaching industry can be lost. It can become isolated or even people get protective of, of their own stuff instead of everyone supporting each other and getting better. And, and I guess being a part of such a great group from the start taught me to do that, you know, and taught me that there's a lot of power in that because everybody keeps getting better. Everybody brings a different idea to the table, or you can lean on them for something that maybe you don't know, or that scares you. And, and um, I think that there is just, you know, so much for everybody to gain by being a part of that. So it sounds like it's been an extremely integral part of your growth and development as a coach. So yeah, sounds like you would highly recommend if someone is, especially if someone's starting out, they not do it in a silo, that they establish a team around them. And, you know, it doesn't need to be the A team right away, right? I don't know. I think you can get a team around you that, you know, challenges you and supports you. And maybe that's going to change over time. But I think anything you can do to avoid... Um, yeah, trying to go go it on your lo- alone and keeping everything like just like you see, like you were talking about coaches that keep everything private and by themselves, and that that's just not not how you grow as a coach. And, yeah. and so, yeah, I think uh, I think you're right, and I think it's really important that people do kind of take that to heart and and get a team around them that will support them. And even as you know, as more like experienced coaches like us, I find you know if there's young coaches out there that need mentoring or a team jump on board and be a part of that. You know, I have a lot of athletes that I coach that are coaches Mm -hmm. and they always ask me, can I ask you this question? Or, you know, they, or some of them, I just flat out mentor because they specifically asked me to, and you as a more experienced coach will, will gain a lot from that. But then also you're giving back in that way. So not only are you a coach where you're giving back to athletes, but you're also now, your team might look a little different as you evolve as a coach where you have your team that is your support network and your mentors that you continue to look up to and and find more resources to keep improving. But you're also mentoring up and coming people, which keeps you sharp on your basics too, right? Because you have to go back and remember like, oh, I remember when I first started there and and you're teaching someone to come up right from the ground roots. And, And now you're, you're becoming their team, but they're also on a different level, part of your, uh, still a part of your team as well. So that can, that can be a good way to, to keep growing on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, I like, I learned so much from teaching because I really learned the material even more when I was actually teaching it to someone else. Right. And it's the same idea. Whereas if you're actually teaching someone how to be a coach and some of the ins and the outs, and like you said, even if you're taking a step back and you're teaching them a little bit about the basics, you're still having to present that and communicate that in a new and different way. So you're in turn, like learning some more about it and learning, you know, how, how they understand what you're saying. And so, yeah, there's a lot to be gained from, from mentoring younger coaches. And, and I think, yeah, it is really, it's great to be open and willing to help people and have those questions go both directions and you'll only get better and hopefully they will too. So I think, I think it's an awesome approach. And 
And I mean, yeah, like Elliot and I still kind of have that relationship where we, I toss questions to him once in a while too. What else do you find important with, uh, I guess, with developing a younger coach? I think the the one thing that might get forgotten um, and it, it is when people are athletes as well is to celebrate, to celebrate those little progressions. And, you know, you don't have to start out as an expert in everything, hone in on what you're good at and where you're at and what your level is and continue, get your team, continue to develop, know who you are as a person and what message you want to bring out there. And then these little stepping stones, as you continue to graduate through the process, celebrate them with your athletes, celebrate them within yourself. Like if you are a brand new coach and you get someone across the start line successfully and they achieve their uh, a, a finish line, they achieve their goal, celebrate with them, but also celebrate with yourself and say like, wow, I, I did that. You know, that's really great. And so, you know, stay connected with where you're at and, and know like, okay, I don't need to know everything right now. And I don't need to be an expert at every single thing right now. I'm still learning and developing and growing. I even remember that for myself every single day. I'm not, you know, there's going to be things that are new to me or are not my strengths or, um, but when you do learn something new or you do accomplish something really great with an athlete, celebrate that not only with the athlete and for them, but for yourself as a, as a coach or a leader too. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. I, especially when I have something that I'm kind of trying for the first time and it works, I really like to celebrate that right. and kind of note it down. Like, Hey, that was uh that one worked. That yeah. was good. Now, I think I, the other thing that I wanted to even talk about too, and, and you, you know, I want you to share as well, what you've done with your athletes. And it's important when you're establishing yourself as a, as a coach is what are your rules, right? So there, it is important as you figure out who you are as a coach to know what your boundaries are and then stick to them and know what your rules are. And, you know, when it does get difficult or you have to have difficult conversations or you are celebrating, how are you going to manage these relationships? You know, and that goes along with your style and your communication style as well. But I went as far as reading through a, a whole bunch of different athlete codes of conduct for different universities, different sports, you know, that kind of thing. I knew what it, it was important to me. What, what were my deal breakers, right? Cause we, like I said earlier, we know what type of person might work with us, but we also need to know what our deal breakers are. And if you know what those are, you can start to, and what, so, you know, what's important to you, cause we've already gone through that process, start to also make another list of what are your deal breakers and where are your boundaries? And if you can set that up front and put that out up front with people, you're going to be setting yourself up for success when it does get hard or you have to have those hard conversations and, and people know where they stand. People like to know where they stand, right? Like, am I allowed to do this or not? It's like, if we know this up front and I went as far as I, I made my own athlete con code of conduct. And, I, and when I take, you know, I can reference that for myself if I get a little sidetracked, right? Cause we do too, we're people, we're human. So you get a little sidetracked or your style starts to change a little bit or whatever. I can go back to that and remember like, okay, this is what's important to me. I know why I coach, I know what I'm passionate about. I know what my style is, but 
where are my boundaries at as well? And am I doing a good job of sticking to those and being consistent with them? Right. And, and that's also going to develop structure for the people that you're trying to teach and, and help them. And it just helps the whole thing come along to be better. Yeah, that's, that's, that gets challenging as you've started coaching people for a long time. Like you've been coaching someone for a decade. It can be hard to stick to some of those rules and boundaries that you have. Hmm. As starting out a, like I started out coaching high school sports when I was a teacher before I became like just a triathlon coach. And so it's very interesting because the, the rules there are very strict and they're very like almost in your face. Right. I mean, you've got to be pretty careful when you're coaching people under 18 across the board. And so when I went from that to establishing my own rules for coaching adults, it's a very different set of rules, but it is, you do need to have that set of rules in place. And it is need to be, it needs to be a conversation you have with yourself first before you have with your athletes on exactly what those rules are to help you function and to help your relationship function like as an athlete coach. And, and so, yeah, I think it's, it's super important to set those. And for me, it was almost like, okay, I can loosen up some of these rules because these people are older than, than 18, you know, I I can allow them to have my phone number and, you know, some, some things there that are a little different. Um, Yeah. Exactly. And they might change if, you know, if you're coaching someone for like 10 years, there might, you know, there's going to be a little bit of wiggle room or they might change or what your boundaries are, or your, you know, like I called it, my athlete code of conduct is over time, it's going to evolve and change and, and allow for that. But I think the important part is, is just having an idea of what that looks like up front is, it's just going to really help you with the, the conversations that you have with people. And like I say, people like that kind of structure. They know they know what to expect. When the more people can know what to expect up front, the better it is. Yeah. Like you said, if they're sitting there trying to guess what they can and can't do, then that that's not, I mean, that's not good communication, right? So right. it's just like anything else. It's good to make sure you communicate communicating effectively what you expect from them and where those lines are that they can and cannot cross. Yeah. So yeah, I would, I would really recommend that people think about this process and they can take a look on your website and I'll put a link in the show notes here about where to find that on your website. And then I can also put a link into your YouTube channel where you have a video of this. Yeah. So if you, yeah, on my guy, on my site, if you go to the guidelines and forms, I've actually got this workbook in there. I think it's called, I think I've got it marked as like leadership workbook or something like that. And then on my YouTube channel, I actually have the recording from when I taught this workbook at the summit. So if people really want to, you know, deep dive into all of this and a little bit more guidance, they can certainly check all that out there and um, feel free to reach out and ask me any questions anytime with it. Yeah. And I think that once you kind of look at this and you kind of read through it, listen to this podcast, really think about like who you are as a coach and what message you want to send and like come up with how you want to like how basically you want to run your business. Like, okay, I, you know, I wanted to coach athletes and I love seeing athletes in person, but unfortunately being in Tucson, I want to be able to coach athletes that are beyond the scope of Tucson. So I decided I wanted to be a remote coach. And then I came up with a number of athletes that I was like, okay, this is a manageable amount for me in my life right now. So this is where I'm going to cap it so that I can be an effective coach to the athletes, which I'm coaching. And then I said, like, what is my communication style? How am I going to be effective communicating with my athletes? How are they going to be effective communicating with me? And I really ran through the entire process. And that's what I recommend that 
any coach can do and kind of have this as a working document that they're going back to every so often and maybe editing. And, and I think it is an important step to actually write all this down somewhere. Even if it's, it's like writing out a race plan where it's like, it gets a little bit redundant because it's all in your head, but taking the time to actually write it down so you can look at it and then refer back to. And then when you're dealing with athletes, you know, like you said, like over time, you might kind of get a little bit loose on what all those things are. So having this document to refer back to about what you wrote down is basically important to you and how you want people to, to know like the message that you're sending. And then over time you can evolve that. But yeah, I have a document like this for top step training and it's a Google doc so I can edit it and keep working on it. And so yeah, I'd really recommend that that's something people do and they really kind of take control of the direction which their business goes instead of just having it be this loosey goosey thing that, you know, maybe they establish it in one direction and it starts revolving into a different direction and they just kind of let it spin say, no, like this is my direction. This is where I want to go. These are the steps that I have in place. These are the people I'm going to call on in order to really like go the direction that you want to be going and have that message of who you are attracting the right clients and yeah, putting yourself out there in the right way. Yeah. I think super important process, right? And it's something that you can always revisit. You know, I like to revisit this once every, once a year and just say like, well, how am I doing? Where am I at? It's like any evaluation because we don't necessarily have, um, a, you know, each one of our athletes gives us an evaluation we can pull from that and figure out where do we need to improve, where our strengths are and stuff. But just going through this process, even you do it at the front end and maybe you revisit it once a year and, and make sure everything still falls in line and, and maybe where there might be some holes that you need to fill up. So, so yeah, really cool stuff. It's, it's, it's fun to, it's fun to work with peers like you and Elliot and, and get to continue to do this kind of thing. So, so you get to be a cool, still part of my team and, and my goals as a coach. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I, I, we do miss out on not having other like people kind of above us evaluate us, but I had, I had this great principle once when I was teaching and, you know, we do your evaluation every six months or whatever, and we'd stand the, at the table and he would have an evaluation form, but he, he was basically like, well, what do you think? Because I'd say in your heart, you're your own like hardest critic and you're going to know, like, I always knew what the principal was going to say. I knew my strengths and weaknesses. I knew the direction he was going to go. And so really having that tough conversation with yourself about where you can improve, how you're being effective. And yeah, if you're kind of holding true to your, to your mission. So I think you can actually do a really good job of that. It's just a hard conversation to have, but being willing to sit down and have that with yourself, say at a minimum once a year, will definitely help you kind of stay on track. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I'll stop rambling. If you guys have questions about any of this, or, you know, you want to talk shop with one of us, always feel free to reach out. We, we enjoy this. That's why we do it. So yeah, please reach out if you have questions. Awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Great conversation. Right. Thank you.